Hey, so welcome to the podcast. Um, just going to give an update on what's going on with uh, work and maybe personal. Um, I also wanted to spend some time on this podcast talking about the balance of squatting and what it is. I think the reason a lot of people can't squat and I think they're looking for the wrong thing and not understanding what is actually happening when you're squatting. Uh, and I also had a story come up that I wanted to share uh, about a kid named Kevron. This name came up on the internet and I've never met anybody except Kevron. Uh, so uh, anyway, I saw the name come up on the internet. And I've, I haven't heard this name since I was a kid. It wasn't the person that I knew, but um, I got a great story about a guy named Kevron that I was going to share. So, yeah, we'll get into it. So, little update on what's going on with work. Um, so, free fitness, the gym, I'll start there. Uh, it's coming up on a year now. It'll be a year in March. Uh, and we've had a really good year. Uh, the community is really coming together and growing, and I'm I'm really proud on the of the of what's being built there. Uh, we're not a flashy gym. We're we've always been community based company, and I think the success of the gym is really showing it. Um, we're growing. We're about 14 trainers. We have a physio massage we have a doctor who does body scans we have muay thai we have hip-hop yoga or r&b yoga um and then we have other things coming up um in the next few months including a uh it could be a monthly thing we're talking about it but a event that has to do with golfing so anyways it's it's growing really well the gym itself, um, we're, we're slowly learning uh, in the first year of building out a gym in a warehouse that wasn't to code uh, to have anything in it, and now we're trying to have a run a business in it, and we're really finding uh, you know some problems that we're having to deal with, but we're we're getting through it. Um, one thing that's really pissing us all off is that we have a flat roof. And so with uh, the shit weather we have in Edmonton and how the snow is going from being really frozen to melting overnight uh, and having a flat roof and not having this water pour over to the side is really, it's finding its cracks in the roof and we're getting these little fucking, these little nuggets of water kind of coming out, hitting the ground everywhere. So we're dealing with that, uh, but we'll get that fixed up. And I mean, that's, that's probably the major problem. There's, there's a few other things that we're tinkering with that wasn't, uh, wasn't done well when the place was being built. Um, we have to get a new, we have to get a new toilet put in one of the washrooms cause it's not up to code. Uh, cause apparently the contractor wanted to cut corners and I guess doesn't want to deal with it. So we're just dealing with it, but 
is what it is. Um, other than that, uh, the other, uh, it's kind of a meld. It's part of free fit, but also another side project is the flex mob. So that's been going really well too. Um, the community that I've started growing for a year, um, but really kind of found its path, um, probably in the last few months has been growing really well. Um, and growing well enough that, um, I'm now offering, if you are a FlexMob member on my community app, either you're on just the subscription fee where you get the group training programming that changes every six weeks, or if you have, you know, premium online training, you now have access to be in my semi-private coaching group at the gym if you're local here. And which means you pay us, you know, you pay a a cheaper fee. So I, I typically charge 60 to $75 in uh, premium hours. Like if you just want one hour with me, that's my rate um, per session. But if you're part of the flex mob and you don't mind being in a semi private um, coaching group, which means you come in within these three hour windows throughout the week and you come do the programming that you're either on the subscription or that I've written up for you. Um, there'll be other people around doing their programming and I'll kind of go in and out coaching everybody while doing their thing. So you're kind of, you know, self-led, but then I'm also there to coach you. Um, that's only $200 a month. So it's much cheaper. Um, you can come twice a week Well, you can come technically four times a week, but it's Tuesday, Thursdays in the morning and at night. So, I mean, if you want to come twice a day, that's on you, but uh, typically you can come twice a week for a pretty good fee. So it's kind of an update on the mob. Uh, I'm building out, I'm currently building out a, so I wanted to release two courses this year for the mob. So the first one, I wanted to really update the body split course. Um, I think it's really important when you want to focus on kind of end ranges and flexibility and lengthening out. Uh, one of my first uh, skills that I teach people is the body split and folding in half, getting some good hamstring, spinal length, core compression, hip flexion, calves, ankles, a lot of things. Um, I built out a course and revised the course that I have on the mob. So that's there. So it has a kind of um, an overview of what the body split is and what we're looking for, um, how to test yourself. And then a uh, it's three phases, uh, four weeks to six weeks each phase, depending on where you are in your body split, um, that you can kind of add to your current programming or do on its own. Um, I really I'm really proud of it, and it's all updated. It's on there now. And the second one I'm releasing this year that I'm working on currently is the Ring Muscle Up course. So. Um, I'm building out a course that'll be released probably in the next few months where I will tell you the prerequisites that I need for you to be able to do a ring muscle up. And if you're not at those prerequisites, I actually have in the course, I'm programming how to get to those prerequisites. So that's, you know, ring dipping, ring chin-ups, leg raising. You have to be able to reach certain standards, milestones. So there's programming there to get you to those standards. Once you're at those standards, there is 
uh, three phases of the ring muscle up that you can take yourself through. And again, you can add this to current programming, but you just you probably have to modify a little bit because there's a lot of strenuous strength training in the ring muscle up course and program. So uh, that one will be released in a few months. So if you're on the mob, look for that. If you're not and you're curious, uh, you can go to the website, theflexmob.com, check out the different options. Um, I'm just trying to build out a community there of people who enjoy the kind of hybrid training of strength training and end range training and just kind of taking care of your joints while building muscle and getting bendy and fucking around. So um, check that out at the website if you're interested. And if you are in there, look forward to the releasing that course. I've also been releasing one article that I've wrote about whatever that uh, will be released once a month on the mob, as well as an ability code I release once a month. So I have 12 planned for 2023. I sent that schedule out if you are on the email list. Um, I'm releasing one every month. And ability codes are kind of just these routines or protocols of very specific training. So they're like, it won't take you long. You can basically add it to anything you're doing, but it's just kind of hyper-focused on an area. So it might be um, shoulder extension. And it's, you know, it's a quick routine on working on your shoulder extension. Uh, The one I just released in February is your daily limber. So it was something that was requested. It's just something to do every day just to kind of get some blood flow in your body and move the joints around. So that was released February, and I'll do a poll to see what's going to be released in March. So, um, personally, um, what's going on in my life here? So, fuck, not much, you know? Like, I'm just, uh, I work a lot. I'm on some new drugs for uh, ADHD, which, you know, I don't talk much about because I, I think... ADHD became such a fad. You know, I've I've had it, or at least whatever the fuck it is. Maybe it's just being being a person, but um, I've, like, diagnosed with it since I was a kid. So, like, I've been on things for it for a really long time. Um, and I don't really like talking about it because I feel like everybody basically has ADHD now, and it's kind of a... Uh, it's almost cool to have ADHD now, the way people talk about it. So, which I'm not saying it's uncool. It's just a fucking weird, like, you know, it's it's like, it's like telling everybody you got like the new, the new Game Boy Four, or whatever the fuck's out, like the new thing you got, and you got to tell people about it. Um, so it's it's weird. I don't like bringing it up, but I I, I am on new medication for it because like my struggles um is that I, I do really struggle with um staying focused you know so I get really jacked on like new projects that I'm doing but then I don't once that rush leaves me it, it's really hard for me to like stay with it so I'm on something called uh I was on Adderall but you know I uh, I felt like a superhero when I was on it but the crash was real bad and I was getting like euphoric feelings 
like super euphoric. And psychiatrist told me that obviously that's not what you're supposed to be looking for. You're you're not supposed to really feel anything. You're just supposed to like you'll you'll notice that you're you're staying focused, um, and your attention span is widening. But that's not what I felt in Adderall. I was like, I got focused, but I also was like, I felt like I was high on a kite. Like, I felt like I was almost like on a drug. Um, when I was on it, I would get really euphoric. And I, and I turned into that guy, you know, that guy at the bar that everybody kind of, it's like a meme now where you're the guy who gets drunk. And tells everybody they love him, that he loves them. That's who I was turning into. And because I, I would get this weird feeling of like being super happy. And I don't know, I hated it. I didn't hate it, but I, I know that's not what it's supposed to do. Like I shouldn't feel like I'm high. And then I got really focused, like I would get my projects done. So, but I, I didn't like the feeling, and I didn't like the crash. Adderall was really high and then really low. I didn't like that feeling, so I just stopped taking it. And then, you know, next time I talked to somebody, the psychiatrist, they so they got me on Vyvanse, um, fifty milligrams of it. I don't know if that's high or not, but. I feel okay. I don't feel different, but I do notice um I do notice that I'm not I don't get bored as quick, which I think is was my struggle. I would get really bored quickly and like need the next fix. So that's why I couldn't stay focused on things. Um so I notice that I'm like finishing things, you know, like I'm finishing things on my task list. Uh so I think it's working. But we'll try. I don't know. Fuck. Um, volleyball this year is not going well. This season is not going great. Uh, we're getting our ass kicked, and it's not because we're not good enough, but as a team, we're I don't know. We're getting our ass kicked, but it's it's fine. It is what it is. You know, we're champs from the season before, and we'll be champs again. But I don't know. I I get. I'm super competitive and I get fucking in my head a lot. And it's not like I'm just fucking, I have a complex where like, I know that you're like better than me, but I also know that I'm fucking better than you. And I don't know how to explain it. So, you know, if we play a team, that's pretty good. You know, and I haven't played volleyball in a really long time, so I just took it up again, and I'm trying to, like, relearn how to play. But it's been a while since I played, so I'm okay. Um, but relearning it, I just get in my head in a game that I'm fucking, I'm the best player on the court, and so I get mad at myself if I'm not playing, if I'm not the best player at the court. Just at myself. I'm not mad at anybody else, I just get mad at myself. But I know that I'm not, but I also know that I am. You know? You know, does anybody else get that? I know I'm not, but I also know that I am. And I don't know how to... I'm never going to get past that, but... Uh, that's probably why I like golf so much right now. You know, like... Because I'm competing against myself. So... it's That's probably why I like it so much, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. It's that... I know that I'm better than myself. 
even though like my best score in golf, I haven't been able to reach. Like I did a 91. Uh, not was it last year that I did that? The year before I did a 91. My average score has gotten better, but I've never reached that score again. So that's my goal for this year is to get to the 90 mark. But I think that's why I enjoy golf so much because I'm competing against myself. So I know that I'm better than 91, but I'm also not better than 91. So it's, it's, I don't fucking, I don't know what's wrong with me, but it's something I'll figure out. Um, shit. Oh, squatting there. Okay. All you fuckers out there squatting. That's something I want to talk about. So squatting over the years. So the personal training industry is actually quite new. Hasn't been around a really long time. And so it's going through ups and downs on, on um, how we approach exercise, which is fine. I like that. But I think we've, we're slowly, um, I think we're getting better now, but we, we're, we're kind of not focusing when we, when we talk about these movement skills. So like squatting, we're not talking about squatting, what it actually is. We're so hyper-focused on fixing very small particulars. When you, when, you know, like you go see a trainer and they'll have you squat and they're just like, oh, you know, your dorsiflexion is weak. That's why you can't squat. But the trainer themselves doesn't understand actually what the, what, what you're doing in a squat is the first thing that person needs to do is what is the squat? Why, what are you doing? Because there's so many different variations variations of a squat you could do. So to look at somebody's, especially a body weight squat, to look at somebody's body weight squat and just be like, ah, you're, you know, you're, uh, my favorite one that people say is your, your glutes not firing. So that's why you're struggling squatting, which is just bullshit. I don't even know what that means. Um, when you really think about it, it doesn't really mean anything. Um, or your your ankles are fucked, or your hips are doing this. It's just like, no, what is what you should be teaching people? What is the art of a squat, and what it is that a squat is, and what you're doing, and then you kind of play with different variables. So, first things first, I want everybody to understand what a squat is. A squat is just an art of balancing while you're sitting down. So next time you sit down in a squat, I want you to think what you're trying to do is you're trying to balance by sitting down. So the most, what we see the most with beginner squatters, that's coaches at our gym, is so people will get to about 90 degrees and then they'll dump their body forward, right? And a lot of people will go automatically, listen, Ankles are tight. We got to get more dorsiflexion, you know, and then, then you're split squatting for a year and then, you know, then I'll get you fucking squatting or, or, um, I don't want to say hips cause hips are a big part of it. And I'm going to talk about what's happening there, but it's just, especially in a body weight squat, the focus should be on teaching people what it is they're doing in a squat. So, yeah, the fold over happens a lot. And 
The reason it happens is what a squat is, is you're sitting down and you're kind of putting your butt behind you, right? So your butt is underneath your, when you're standing, your butt is the center. And as you sit down, the butt has to go behind you. And so that's where the balance starts happening, especially once you start to break that 90 degree area. So what happens is, is now that you're putting some weight behind you, what do you have to do to balance out? Which is you need to get some weight in front of you. So that's why, you know, a lot of people, their body will dump forward to counterbalance. Now they might be stiff in the hips and the ankles and all that does matter. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. But the first thing they have to understand is that their body is trying to balance. Once they understand that it's a balance, they're actually probably better at squatting than they think they are. And then you start working on these areas to get stronger, to get more room, to be able to squat. For a bodyweight squat, you can do all sorts of things to balance out. And a lot of people do, right? So one way, the, the, the common way now that we all know is, is allow the knees to go forward. So if your butt's going back, a good way to counterbalance is to be able to dorsiflex at your ankle and let your knees go forward. So there's your balance. You got weight out in front of you and you got weight behind you. Now, Grant, not a lot of people, not everybody has good dorsiflexion where they can get that weight out in front. You need to be able to get it far, far enough in front to be able to balance. But understanding that is going to be the first thing you have to figure out. Okay, I've got to balance myself. So that's one way, getting these out in front. Some people in a bodyweight squat will just really push their knees out. Which, once your knees go outwards, you're making more room for your hip to come a little more forward to help balance you out. So that's another way people balance out, right? So you see like in yoga, they do a really wide stance, or not, not even a wide stance, but their knees get pushed out. They're not going as far forward, but they're sitting nice and deep in a squat. And it's not a wrong squat. There's no wrong body weight squat. It's just, what's the end position we're looking for? We're just looking for a nice deep sit down. And you've got to balance yourself once you start getting down there. So one way to do it, again, is pushing the knees out. And so that your hip comes more forward. And now you're getting more weight, more center. So there's your balance. Now... Let's say you can't really do either of those. Well, you can add external balance. So people will, again, like they'll put their hands out in front. That's one way, but that's not enough for people. So people can, you know, if, if you struggle with squatting, try just holding a dumbbell out in front of you. Like push your arms out, hold some weight. You'll notice that you'll be able to squat a little better because that's a balance. You're putting some weight out in front. As your hip goes back, there's your balance. That's why people can squat easier when they have the weight out in front. Another way, and a popular way now, is to get a balance board. So like a slant board. So um, when these were introduced and people were getting these, everybody thought that they were like, they were for people with bad dorsiflexion, bad ankles. Um, which, if yeah, if you have bad dorsiflexion, it does also, it works for you. But it, that's not what's happening. What's happening is, is it, it's tilting you forward. So it's, it's 
even though your butt's going behind you, there's this tilt that's happening that's going forward. And so it's helping you balance and center yourself. That's why it's so much easier to balance at an incline. Because as you sit and put weight behind, the board's kind of forcing weight forward. And that's why uh, slant boards work. Because um, you could technically have your knees stay parallel and it'll still be easier to squat on a balance board because it's helping you um, shift weight. Okay, so we know that that's what squatting is. So next time you're squatting in a body weight squat, just understand that it's a balance game. You're just trying to, you know, weight's going behind you and you have to get weight in front of you to balance out the center. So use your hands, play around with that. Just know that you're doing that. Okay, so now we can talk about the different types of squats and why they work and why not all types of body weight squats will transfer well to certain uh, strength exercises that we use squatting for. For example, front or back squat. So. This is a really good example why, so front squatting is much easier than back squatting. It's much harder to balance when weight's behind you than when weight's in front of you. We balance way better with weight in front of us. So that's why, um, like I said, people will, they can sit down in their squat, but they struggle with getting weight back forward to balance. And so front squatting, you're putting the weight out in front. So now you have this external force of weight out front. It's not too far in front of you. So you, you still need to be able to have some level of uh, squatting practice and squatting ability to be able to do it because it's kind of sitting on your shoulders. It's not out in your hands, but it is out in front. So that's why it's easier. And so you're balancing that way. So if, you're, if, you've, if you've gotten better at squatting, Front squatting is a good way to start barbell squatting because it's, it's, it is helping you balance if you struggle in getting that weight forward. But I want to start with back squatting because this is the one that everybody wants to do. And I think there's a lot of weird information about there in back squatting. So now take the principles of balance that I've talked about and now think about what's happening in the back squat. The reason it's so hard for people is because not only now are you trying to balance yourself by putting weight behind you, that's where you're putting your butt and you have to balance yourself by getting weight back out in front, but now we've loaded the backside. That's why it's a hard position. And th this kind of goes similar to um, uh, overhead squatting. Overhead squatting is harder for different reasons, it's not as behind you as a, as where you would put a back squat, um, but it's pretty close, and you're also straight arm holding it. So, um, overhead squatting is a different beast because it's it's going to incorporate um, a lot more upper body awareness than a back squat. So, it's very similar to a back squat, but you're we got to talk about shoulder, shoulder girdles and, and, uh, and a lot more back positions with that. But I'll just talk about the back squatting for now because this is probably the most popular squat. 
Okay, bodyweight squatting, just learn how to balance. That means opening up your hips. If that means, so externally rotating and just kind of pushing knees out, that's playing around with your stances. Um, if that's using external force, it doesn't matter. There's no bad way to bodyweight squat. The best squatters in the world over in India or China who like basically will squat down and take a shit. They, their backs are rounded. They don't like, it's just, it's just the ability to balance by sitting down. That's all it is. Don't think of it as an exercise. Think of it as a skill. Now we're taking that skill and we're adding external weight because we want to exercise with it. So that's what um, the barbell squat is. And it's become kind of a sport now too with, uh, powerlifting and the rise of powerlifting and Olympic lifting and stuff. But, um, okay. So now we know we're putting the weight behind us. So for me, what I believe people want to get the most out of their back squat. So this doesn't go for powerlifters. So for powerlifters, it's a, it's a, what they're trying to do is they're just trying to get as much weight as possible below parallel. And get back up. It's a sport. It's a game. So they do play around with stances and how they're getting their knees out. Because they're not thinking about getting as deep as possible. They're just thinking about breaking that parallel point and getting back up with as much weight as they can. So this is this is not going for for people who are wanting to train for a specific sport or something like that. But if you're back squatting. I think to get the most out of your back squat is you really want to utilize your legs. You want to sit straight down and stand back up. I don't think the version of kind of squat university or supple leopard version of squatting, it's fine for bodyweight squatting, but the push your knees out to make room for your hip is going to be the most useful way to back squat. We're not trying to go out into a frontal plane, like a side split when we're squatting. We're trying to have balance in the center. So I don't, I don't teach pushing the knees out when I teach a back squat. I teach sitting straight down. So the weight's going behind us in a squat. And you're loading that by putting a barbell on your back. So what you're going to really have to do is now it's going to be even harder for you to find that balance. So dorsiflexion is really important um, in getting that done. Now, that doesn't mean push weight forward. So a lot of people, when um, when everybody was told not to let their knees go past their toes, we all kind of realized that was bullshit and it started changing where, no, knees got to go over toes. But what's happening is now we're forgetting to actually sit down in our hips. And so now people are kind of just pushing their knees forward and they're sitting straight down, which is fine. In like I'm, I teach pansy squats. I teach wimp squats. I teach sissy squats. I'm all about body awareness and being up on your toes and squatting down. There's nothing wrong with deep knee bends, but for a flat foot back squat, you want to get to get the most out of using your quads and your hamstrings and those and those muscles. We're going to want to sit straight down and balance there. That's where your strongest position is going to be. It's not going to be going out into a frontal plane and and training the frontal plane like you're doing a pancake and pushing the knees out. 
I understand that when you externally rotate, like, and I'm not talking about whatever stance you pick in your squat, that's fine. But I'm just saying don't do more external rotation. If you're out in a horse stance and you squat straight down, that's fine. But don't add more by pushing the knees out because you don't need that. And I think what you notice, um, and actually I think people got lazy when they were understanding what was happening, is the vulgus knee thing became like a thing that people were talking about where people were squatting and their knees would cave in. And this was like, wow, we got to train your VMOs. We got to, we got to, we got to, we got to start adding bands to our knees and squatting and pushing against the band and stuff like that. And you could think of it like that, that you got to get stronger pushing out, or maybe you can just understand that your body is trying to balance itself by centering weight. So if you're pushing your knees out, and to get back up, the body wants to push from the center. It doesn't want to push with weight outwards. It wants to push from the center. And so what happens is, is the knees cave to create balance. Because that's going to be your strongest position. So they cave in so you can push back up. So again, that is what squatting is. It's balance. Okay. So again, we put weight behind us on the barbell and we're sitting straight down. So we're flexing at our hip, which is super important. I'm big on hip flexion. And we're kind of losing that because we started just thinking knees forward, knees forward, knees forward. And we're forgetting to flex at our hip. And we actually need to have the weight also behind us. It's not just pushing it forward now. Because now we also have to have the weight back to balance. So flex at the hip. Have adequate dorsiflexion so you can get those knees out in front to balance you. And have some level of upper back extension strength so that you can keep your chest up. Now, chest up is a cue that's kind of confusing. I don't like teaching chest up because I I get this big like flare. I want people to think more chest back. Have your chest back where your hip is. And as you're flexing at your hip, you want to really start to flex at the ankle to let those knees go forward and balance you. So I'm big on when you're learning to back squat, use a slant board to help you learn what it feels like to balance in your squat. Because it's automatically going to help you balance weight forward while you have that weight loaded behind you. Um, and I, I've been kind of ranting now and I'm kind of going over the place, but there was a point I wanted to make about why I'm not big on the knees out in, in particular in the back squat, because I think the back for the back squat, I really want to load the quads. And I guess this kind of goes for the front squat, but you already kind of have the weight in front of you in the back squat. But so I want to keep the quads loaded in the back squat. So I need to get those knees forward because I'm putting so much weight behind me. If I were to push my knees out and externally rotate, I'm not going to be able to dorsiflex as much. Because what happens at the ankle, for my ankle to flex and close the gap from my shin and my foot and get the knees forward, pronation has to happen. There's an internal rotation of the tibia that happens. So my shin internally rotates. My foot slowly kinds of slowly flattens because it's pronating. And that's how I'm able to dorsiflex. Now, if I were to push outwards, so my knees start to go out, which means my shins start to go out which means I'm not going to be able to pronate. I'm not going to be able to get those knees as forward. 
you might feel like you're balancing and you might be able to balance in your squat. And people do do that. They can squat nice and deep with a barbell on their back because they're nice and strong in that position. But my opinion, you're not going to load the quads as much as I think you'd want to get out of a back squat. It's not going to be your strongest position. Your strongest position when wanting to push weight that's on your back is going to be pushing from the center of your body, not from the outside. So that's why I don't teach knees out. Knees out was a, is a good cue for learning how to balance in squatting, body weight squatting and whatever. But if we're wanting to utilize the back squat to like develop leg strength and get the most out of it, you're going to want to pull yourself down and push yourself straight up, not worrying about balance going out. And the reason I mentioned power lifters before is because a lot of them do push their knees out because they're just focusing on breaking that depth point. They don't care about ass to grass. They don't care about, and I'm, and I'm, listen, I'm generalizing. I'm not telling you, if you're a weight lift, uh, a power lifter out there, and for some reason you're listening to this podcast that nobody listens to, fucking don't listen to me. Fucking do your thing. That's your sport. You're trying to get in there and you worry about ass to grass. I'm not, you know, I'm not just talking about everyone. I'm just saying the sport developed that knees out thing because it's an easy way to balance and get out of the hole quick. But you'll notice a lot of power lifters, especially a lot of beginner power lifters, they're, 90, they're breaking 90 position when they're looking for when they're competing. They just barely break it. You have to, it's a, it's a whole thing in powerlifting that they got to watch that you break 90. And they got, a, they, got a, they got a person there just watching for that because it's not as obvious that they break 90 because they're, they're just focused on just breaking 90 because the sport itself, that's just, that's, I mean, that's just all you have to do. They'd be all fucked if, if the sport was, you have to, your butt has to touch your heel or your calf. So anyways. I hope that rant maybe shed some light on something um, on balancing. So learning to squat is just learning to balance. You got to figure out how to get weight out in front. If that means getting better at dorsiflexing. If that means if you're just talking about body weight, body weight squat, do whatever you want to balance. Push your knees out. Push your knees forward. Get a counterbalance. I don't, it doesn't matter. Just learn balance. It's going to translate really well. That's why split squatting is so easy, by the way. Because you put one leg behind you to balance. That's why it's so much easier to do that than it is with two legs. Because you, now you're having to figure out to balance yourself. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my squatting rant. So, um, Um, what else? Oh, yeah, so. Okay, so a name came up. This was just a story, a story, a quick story I wanted to share. So a name came up on Instagram. And it was like a person, 
uh, one of those like, oh, you might know this person. And it was a ki- it was a it was a guy named Kevron. Now I looked at the profile. It's not the Kevron I knew, but I haven't heard this name since I was a kid. So I'm gonna tell you a little. I'm gonna take you back. Take you back to Sherbrooke, the little ghetto in Edmonton that nobody talks about. So it's kind of a dump area, and that's where I grew up. A little poor area. And everybody was just poor there. It was like, and you know what? There was a lot of like, I liked it when I look back on it because there was a lot of like, there was a lot of mix of people, um, which was really cool. Like I had friends from all different race and colors and and perspectives and nobody gave a fuck about anything. It was just fucking running around being shits and nobody wears shirts. That's how you know that it's like an Edmonton. Like, and when I say ghetto-ish, I'm not talking about like there's ghetto ghetto that like, you know, we don't really worry about in Edmonton, but then there's just kind of like what's ghetto for Edmonton. And that's what Sherbrooke was when I was a kid. So like some of my really good friends, I like, I know you can picture them. Like the dad never wore a t-shirt. We used to collect wasps at his house. Fuck, what was his name? Sean? Um, his sister? I can't remember her name. Kayla? I can't remember her name, but she just... I just, She never grew her right front tooth. She lost it, and then just never grew back. She just, like, was just, like, always had just one front tooth. So I don't know if that was like a thing or like a, I don't know what you develop when you, if that's a thing, but she just never got one. She got skipped from the tooth fairy. That's what we used to say. And she forgot. She didn't come here. She didn't come back to Sherbrooke to give you your tooth. She never got it. So we used to call her, yeah, single, single tooth, single tooth Kayla. I think that was her name. Something tooth Kayla. Nice lady. I hope she's doing well for herself. And Sean and I, we used to just collect wasps in his backyard. So we'd get like a pop can. We'd drink most of it. And God, then we would just collect wasps and we'd name them. Um, and his dad never wore a shirt. I, that's all I remember about him. I can't picture his head. I know he had long hair, but he never wore a shirt. Ever. So, he was like the first, first nipple I ever saw was probably Sean's dad that I can remember. Maybe it might have been the last nipple I ever seen when I, when we, when uh, we moved away. Um, but let's get to Kevron. So, Kevron, he was this, um, he was, uh, he came from Jamaica and he moved and he was new. I remember when he came, it was crazy because it was like. Like we had like black kids and you know, I'm, I'm half, uh, even though I don't present that way. My dad's from Trinidad. So like, I don't look at, but we've had black kids, but this was like the first like black kid from like a black area, like Jamaica. So it was, it was sweet. Him and his brother came here. His name was Kevron, which was, I mean, again, that was like, that showed you that he's he's not from here. He's from another planet, Kevron. 
and him and I clicked right away. Um, we would play soccer together. We were on the uh, track team, the run team. And listen, if you're somebody who just like thinks that white kids, Asian kids, black kids, we can all just run the same. And the Olympics is just like, that's a minority of people where it's just dominated by black people. I'm telling you, this kid, Kevron, we never seen somebody so fast. So when we would do relays, we'd put Kevin, Kevron last. We'd run, and I was fast. I was like a deer. I got long legs. I'm fast. But this kid, we could be losing in a relay race, and he would, we could be getting killed in a relay race. And when it was his turn to go, fuck, that was it. Kevron was gone. Gone. I never met a, like, the, the, I'm not exaggerating. He was the fastest person I ever seen. It was crazy. His brother was pretty fast, but Kevron was like next level fast. We had this other kid. Now, I don't know if he, um, I don't want to say he's got like a mental thing. I don't know, but he was like a weird kid. And he would talk to me a lot. I can't remember his name, so I'm just going to name him. Uh, Tim. I'm going to name him Timmy. Let's name him Timmy. Because that, that kind of like, that's like a tricky name. Because it could just be a Tim, like he's going to be a count when he gets older. Or Timmy, like he's kind of, he's got something, some kind of chromosome thing going. Anyways. He was an oddball. He would like, I remember he would like get out on recess. He'd play this game where I'm going to go lay on the road and see if anybody hits me. And he was the only one who played it. And he didn't care that nobody else played it. But he was also an angry kid. He was super angry. And that was just like, that was just his personality. He was just angry. It didn't matter if he was happy he was also just angry. That was just the mood that he had, no matter what. That was just, I don't know how to say it. That was just his persona, no matter what his mood was. But he was always, like, trying to talk, you know, trying to befriend me and stuff, which was fine. Like, I was trying to be friends with everybody. Especially my buddy, Kevron. Kevron and I were, like, besties when he came. But this kid, Timmy... He would follow me around all the time and he would follow me all the way to my grandma's house after school all the time. But he was always angry. And so I never knew, it was always confusing because I didn't know if he was like trying to fight me or he's trying to fuck me. I have no idea. I think he was just super confused as a person and he was just kind of crazy. It was just, it was just fine. Just, there was some kind of deficiency there, which was whatever. But one day, he was following me home, and this is the first time I ever seen a superhero. He was following me home, and he had this like chain wallet. You guys remember those where you're like, wall, you're, it's like hooked up to your your pants, and there's a chain connected to your wallet, and you put it in your back pocket. He had one of those because apparently that was a, a thing that was cool back in the day to like lock up your shit. 
even though like nobody in the neighborhood had anything in it, it was just like, you know, it's, it, you know, it was like having a lock, but nothing to lock up. So it's kind of weird. So he had this like empty wallet with a chain. And I can't remember what we started arguing with. And I know that Kevron was there anyway. Like I'm positive he was there, but my memory of it is Kevron wasn't there. And we got an argument and he pulled Timmy having like a moment, took his chain off and he went to fucking hit me with it. Like he swung it at me. And I remember Kevron putting out his forearm and it fucking broke. Like it was like Iron Man, fucking urban man. He was a fucking superhero. So it hit Kevron's arm. It broke. And then they fought and Kevron kind of beat the shit out of him. And I kind of just was standing there. It was like so quick. Because I don't know. Like I don't know if you. I don't know if anybody who's ever saw a black guy fight. And I've heard this joke before. But it's true. Like black people don't. They don't. Um. They don't lose a shit like that. It was so quick. Like, if I fought Timmy, I probably would have beat Timmy. Because, like, I was super obsessed with Bruce Lee movies. And that was a time in my life where I was really good at, like, you know, doing the whole Bruce Lee thing. So, like, I was ready and I was kind of, like, bouncing and stuff. But Kevron just, he blocked it, broke the fucking wallet. Quickly beat this guy up. I don't even remember how it happened. Beat him up. And then that was it. And his arm was bleeding. And he came to my grandma's house to get it like. Cleaned up. It's crazy. And out of all my memories with Kevron. Because Kevron and I got. We, we got real close. Uh, that's like the one thing that like sticks out to my mind. Is when he like. Who knows where I'd be if that wallet hit me. I mean like I said it was empty. but. I don't know what was in it. I don't know what, I don't know where I'd be right now if that wallet were to hit me and that chain came swinging to hit me. Fucking urban man was there and he fucking saved my life. So, um, it instantly, when I saw that name, I instantly thought of Kevron. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, him and I got real close and I mean, we would go to, We'd walk over to, there's this place, I think it's still there, it's called Sherbrooke Grocery. And it was the store that like you got everything at. So that's where you got groceries, that's where you got movies, that's where you got, uh, I'm pretty sure there was a time when they had like your porn there. Not that I got, I didn't dabble in that stuff. Uh, Because you know, at that time, I was just trying to find the Lord. That's what my parents wanted. So I wasn't dabbling in that stuff, but, um, that's where you got everything. You got your clothes, you got your groceries, you got your porn, you got your movies. Everything was at the store. We used to go there all the time to go get, if we got any change, we'd go get those, um, what do you call them? They're like these, like, it was like a chain of like these candies. Oh, what the fuck? Fuzz? Fizzy things? I don't know what they're called, but we used to go get those. Or there's a Domo, but it was a little more expensive to go to Domo, which seems weird. You'd think it'd be more expensive at the other place, but we never went to Domo that much, but that was also by my house. 
But yeah, Kevron was a shit. And then I, and then when I moved, we moved and I went to a different school. We moved further north. Uh, Cause that was more like central north. Kind of this like weird little, like it was just kind of tucked away. Like nobody knows what Sherbrooke is. It's funny. Um, it's kind of like West Mountie area. If you're familiar with Edmonton, but like a little more north. But then when we moved, we went, we're like real north. Uh, and so changed schools. And I just, I don't, I don't think I ever saw anybody there again. It's like one of those things. Cause at that time, I mean, how do you, what is, we didn't have phones. We just had a phone that was in the house. And like, you know, once you're out of like sight distance, I don't know you anymore. I only know what's around me. And that's, and then when I moved more north, like I met like, you know, some of my best friends I still have today, but I wonder what Kevron's doing now. I should. I wish it was him. When I saw the name, I looked, and I would have known right away because this guy definitely wasn't, he wasn't as black as Kevron. Kevron was like real black. Um, so I know it wasn't him, but I would love to find out what the fuck Kevron's doing. He's probably just, he's probably, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. I would love to find out though. Cause yeah, I miss, you know, I kind of miss those days. Sometimes I reminisce about those random days. Uh, like, especially the way the world's going now where everything's so easy. We're so much more mad now, but everything is so much easier. Like. Access to information is an all-time high that I just, like, even 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I had, we did, I, it wasn't even close to what it is now. I, the information I had was just what was in front of me. Like, if I didn't know a thing 20 years ago, I just never got to know that thing. Um, I never got to look it up unless I went to the library and, like, found a book. But who the fuck was going to do that? So it's crazy. And so like we used to just be adventurous what we had to do, man. And when Kevron came around, he introduced us to doing all sorts of crazy shit. Because we can get away with it because fuck. I just jump on his back and he'd run us away. Hop of fences, doing all sorts of shit. Jump on Kevron's back. It was our getaway. It was like our getaway car. Except his back. He'd take us out. It was pretty sweet. Um, yeah, and then I moved away. Had to get a whole new set of friends, a new sets of people, you know, like different areas. So I think that was grade five is when I moved. No, grade six is when I moved. So in grade six, I went to a brand new school, met different people. And you met when you're, when you don't have access to people. I'm not saying like you're completely shut off, like I'm exaggerating, but like I didn't have a phone. So it's not like I interact with people. There's no social media. It's just like if I wanted to fucking hang out with people, I had to like know their phone number and call them on the phone in the house. So it's just like you just, you don't interact with these people anymore. Um, and then as soon as I moved in grade six to another part of town, I just met, it was just different. It was way different. Like, as soon as I moved, the first thing that happened in grade six is I saw my first vagina. First vagina. I met a kid 
another kid, another like weird, angry kid, one of those kids who just like want to start trouble right away. He wanted to like befriend the new guy and he showed me my first porno magazine. And, um, it was the first time I saw like, besides like a medical vagina, like, uh, like, you know, what am I trying to say? This is the first, I'm just going to, this is the first time I saw a vagina that like was trying to be shown to me and he pulled it out. He showed me this magazine. I saw this girl's vagina. Um, it ruined bologna for me for probably two years. I couldn't eat bologna sandwiches anymore. But after I got over that, I was pretty good. Um, but I mean, it you know, it just goes to show that it's just the influence you have. I don't know. I wonder what it would be. I wonder where I'd be if I still got to hang out with Kevron. You know? I probably wouldn't, I'd probably still be eating bologna sandwiches. I'll tell you that. We weren't dabbling in that. We were just fucking playing soccer and shit. But anyways, that was my story about Kevron and uh, Timmy. I think it was a mental guy. I don't know. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening for anybody who did. Um, I'm going to jump back on here next week, get something going, and I hope to talk to you guys soon. Ciao.